Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. Today, on the series of Fierce, I'm talking to a wonderful, very inspirational lady. Her name is Sarah Armstrong and she's just so inspirational. Um, I followed her for a long time. She stepped down from a corporate job last year to be able to move to Los Angeles with her sister and serve more in ministry. Um, And she's recently gone back to the hospitality industry. Um, She's also a counsellor at the Balm of Gilead Ministry. And she's starting a separate ministry with her sister. Um, She's doing some incredible, incredible things as a woman of God. She's, um, of course, speaking the word, inspiring people and inspiring me a lot and and definitely providing a lot of hope um, just just for so many people, I feel. And it's just always so wonderful to read her content. Um, She's somebody who I think speaks truth and speaks with a lot of honesty and from her personal experiences, and is just open and vulnerable to sharing that, and that's such a great quality. So I'm really pleased to welcome her onto the show. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thank you so much for being part of this series. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I was truly looking forward to this all week, so thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad. So, I mean, I just want, want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, because from hospitality to to ministry, um, it's quite a transition. How did this transition happen and and what sort of sparked that for you? You know, um, well, it's funny because I started in hospitality and um, was working a lot in that. And then I was looking for like, you know, that eight to five job and I kind of transitioned into this corporate job and I worked there for about four years. And at that time, I started serving in ministry. I was counseling after work. I was doing a lot of ministry outside of that 40 hours and it was getting to be a lot. And so then I was just like, oh my goodness, how can I give more of my time to ministry? And what do I do? What does that look like? And so I never thought I'd be going back into hospitality and leave my corporate job, but that is what I did. And now because I've been blessed to kind of work at some really high-end places where I go in hospitality, I'm able to make a living, not work nearly as many hours, and now give a lot of my time to ministry, which is where my heart is at. And so it's funny because I, like I said, so I went from hospitality to corporate to back to hospitality. So that is what that looks like now. And so now I like, I'm able to pursue that and put my heart in that. And, and, you know, it's nice because hospitality does tie into ministry a lot. It's just a lot about what I'm truly gifted in. And so I really love it. And did you, did you grow up in ministry? Were your family also part of this ministry? Like how, how did this, uh, like how significant is this for you in your life? You know, no, I did not. I was like the polar opposite. You know, we grew up kind of going to church. Um, I called myself a Christian throughout high school. We kind of fell away and dispersed and I kind of just got swept up into the world. And so ministry was not even a thing. I didn't even know that existed. I kind of you know, I didn't have any part of relationship with Jesus. And so this is all new. It all came from just God getting a hold of me and Jesus radically transforming my heart. And so I never in a million years would have thought I've been someone who would have been, you know, Sarah's going to be one of those Jesus lovers serving the Lord and ministry. Like, totally. I ne- like, I look back, my gosh, like I never would have guessed in a million years. And so it definitely wasn't part of me growing up. 
Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So you, you talk about, um, I, I, we, we've had a previous conversation, so you've talked about being enslaved by what the world has to offer. And I'm just interested in, in what you meant by that, because do you think that um, we, like part of us being human beings struggle with, um, you know, getting sucked into, into the world where it's all sort of about materialistic, accomplishment and um the things that we have which are materialistic like do you think this is our downfall um you know it is and i feel like ever since the fall of man you know that is something that we literally are our flesh is drawn to it's drawn to this this deceitfulness of this world um, of the the riches of the status of everything and without the spirit of god and in us we are dominated by the flesh and so i was i did not have the spirit in me throughout growing up and I was full-blown just dominated by what I thought was right I mean what I thought looked great you know the flashy things and the money and without God in our lives like it's so easy to be pulled into that direction and so I literally was enslaved of it I cared what people thought about me I cared what what I looked like on the outside I cared about what I drove I mean I was ruled by that and it was I didn't realize that you know, you're either a slave to something in this world and you don't realize how much you're a slave to something until you try to give it up, until you try to walk away. And then you realize that you're not free. You're actually in chains. And so, yeah, you know, I feel like that it's our downfall, but just from the, the beginning of time when, when Adam and Eve, you know, took the apple, but I feel like it's also what God uses to get our attention and draw us closer to him. So it's our downfall, but also the, just the very thing that can bring us to, into his presence. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, abundance is not something that um, God doesn't want for us, right? It, it, it's all about having abundance, but, but not being driven by materialism at the same time and not keeping that our center. Well, and that's the thing is that God, but you know, he wants us to have abundance in him. And so it's just like, what does that look like? It looks like different from all for all of us. Yeah. He yeah. wants us to be able to be work hard and provide for ourselves, but you can't tell people in a different country that God wants them to be rich because they're never, some people who are starving in a third world country, they never will have the opportunity to have even small amount of blessings that we consider like normal life. And so our abundance needs to be in him. And from out that he blesses us, you know, he might, some of us have the gifts of giving. So he blesses them financially and they're able to give to people and bless other people through that. I mean, everything good is from God. And so once our abundance is in him, like you said, it loses that pull, that gravitational pull of like, that is what I'm chasing is that money and that status. And when we're filled in him, then it's just like, wow, Lord, you blessed me with this amazing job. I just got a raise. Oh my goodness. And it's just like, everything goes back to him. And so mm -hmm. it pull, it leaves that pull from us of just, that's my focus. That's what I'm chasing. Because when that goes away, you're depressed. You can't, you know, you're not, you don't feel like you're doing it good enough and all this stuff. But when your abundance mm -hmm. is in him, all this doesn't have the power over you anymore. And so he does, he does bless us financially and through so many things. And he, but you know, it's just, like I said, the abundance first has to come in him. And that's what I feel like that abundant life in Jesus starts from. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we'll, we'll definitely go back to that idea of the depression that's going to come up again. Um, but just a little, going back to a little more about what you do, um, being a biblical counselor, can you tell us a bit more about that, what that entails? and what, what your life is like on a daily basis. Yes, I mean, a biblical counselor, honestly, is just, you know, I feel like we grow up in the world and you're like, wow, you go to a counselor, but 
a biblical counselor, all it is is going back over everything in your heart that you've ever gone through with God and allowing to see what's come into it that has affected the way you think about yourself, about others, about God, and that have an impact on how you live each day. And I mean, and it's for, you know, we have so many people, Christians, it's for Christians who come in and they're like, I'm not living that abundant life in Jesus. I'm supposed to be a Christian and have this great life in my life. I don't have this relationship. And I don't understand why I'm struggling with my husband. I don't understand why I keep getting angry about this. I don't know why I struggle with this addiction. Not realizing that so much of the stuff we struggle with today has is directly impacted by what we've gone through throughout our lives and that we're holding on to and that we haven't dealt with. And so a day is my life is just when you meet, when I have a client come in and we just meet and they're able to just write their life story. And we go back through their whole life with Jesus and find out where those lies came into their life, where they started believing that about themselves, why, where, where they started, had unmet needs in their life. And they started reaching for other things to fulfill those needs. And we have figured those out and they can see that where, and then we, we walk back with Jesus and he helps, we, we show them the truth over those lies. You can target out those lies. We can find the lies that came in, show them God's truth. And then deal with the things that have happened, deal with those unmet needs that were never met and show them that Jesus is the satisfier. He fulfills all of our needs. And like I said, a lot of those things that we believe ourselves are just not true. And the things that we've gone through have really impacted our hearts and, and impact the way we love, impact the way we receive love and all of that. And so our clients, I get the privilege of literally just seeing people walk in and break chains and just the scales fall from their eyes. Because once you know the truth, the truth sets you free and it doesn't have power over you anymore. And I got so much freedom when I went through that same type of counseling in my own life. And I honestly think everybody in the world should go through it. I'm like, gosh, I want my husband to go through that type of counseling, everything, because you literally just get to empty out your heart. And all that stuff that you didn't realize that you were holding on to, just let go and God comes in and then you're able to just experience his love that much more. And so um, that's what our ministry is kind of about. And that's why I just love it because it's just God is the true counselor. And I literally am just like a conduit and I get to sit there and be the vessel and he works in these lives and I just get a front row seat and I'm just like, oh my goodness, to see God work like that, it's pretty powerful. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, it, it's so interesting because it is a form of sort of coaching, like which maybe people in general are more familiar with. It's just a very specific type of coaching. Um, but in, in so like, I just feel like we're in this age where at, at the same time, it seems like we're more connected because of technology, but at the same time, probably the most disconnected, which is this very weird thing. Um, and, and then we have things like depression and anxiety and mental health um, deteriorating at the same time. Um, in your opinion, how, how is it that we can, in this day and age, stay connected with each other and, and sort of cultivate better relationships um, while stepping away from the traditional way of doing things? Because obviously technology exists and everything else. But how, how I mean, obviously it's very important to stay connected, but how do we manage that? Uh, in a day and, and, and time like this? You know, I feel like it's just having that strong relationship of who you are and who you are in, in Jesus, because we're called to be in the world, but not of it. And so it's just recognizing that we're going to get swept along with the world wherever it takes us if we're not anchored in who we are in Christ and, and anchored in just, you know, God, because you know, otherwise the world is like, it's, you know, it's influential, it's all around. And there's a lot of people that will suck this way. So it's even just kind of having that awareness and being like, you know what, instead of texting, I'm going to call my friend or instead of calling, I'm going to meet them in, in person. And you know what, instead of hiding behind my computer tonight, 
I'm going to go outside and, and just getting out of that comfort zone and being like, you know what? I feel like it's easier to sit on my, you know, online, you can do online Bible studies now, which are great and amazing, but they shouldn't just, like you said, just replace that connection and getting out of that comfort zone and going against the grain and being like, it's awkward to go to places by myself. I'm going to go to a new Bible study. I'm going to go dancing at this, you know, new at this church group or whatever it may look like just to, and like I said, it's uncomfortable. It's not, we've gotten, the world has shown us like, do things that don't, you know, that are easy and, mm. and make it so you don't have to get out of that comfort box. And so it's just being strengthened in, in that and be like, you know what? Like, I feel like, cause I mean, they've done so many studies, how just emotion, like you said, you fall into depression when you don't have that human interaction. And so just being like aware of that is the first step to change and being like, I'm not going to feel like this anymore. I'm going to go out of the box. I'm going to meet people in, in person and make it being intentional with those relationships because it can get really easy to sit in your sweats and be like, oh, I'll just watch church online today. It's cozy yeah. in here. And just think that, <laughs> I think we're all, we're all guilty of it. It's just like, oh, it's just, you know, I'll just do that. And it's just, that's how the enemy works. It's like a little loving, loving the whole bump. And then like the next week, like, oh, maybe I'll do it one more time. And the next week, and then it's just like, before you know it, you're feeling a little depressed because you haven't had that human interaction. And then yeah. God works through people and being able to be connected and just, grabbing hands with pierced people in real life and coming together. That's when that just, we are not, he says, man's not good alone. And so it's just like, we're not called to be alone. So like I said, I feel like it just goes to being intentional and being aware of how powerful the influence of the world is and being able to be like, I'm going to do things the old fashioned way. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that is so true. And I can really relate to that because I just feel like I, I never like realized the importance of um, a community until like I started going to, um, to C3, which is, which is the church in Mumbai when I was working in Mumbai. And, and I just realized like how much I enjoy going every week and just meeting new people and just, um, and just, I think that, 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 um, community I never had in my life before. Yeah. And that definitely was significant. And I think the idea of also just praying, um, as a community and worshiping as a community. I mean, it's a different, it's a different feeling altogether. Yeah, I just got goosebumps right when you said that. Cause you know, I just imagine just, yeah, everyone praying and you get to see God work through people. I mean, you can come and be like, I didn't want to go. And someone comes up and they need a, a word, like they need just to be cheered up and you start talking to them and they're like, you have no idea how much I needed that today or a hug. And you're able to be like, wow, I was just used by God. And it's just like, you see God work or then you're having a hard day and someone comes up and says like, you were on my heart today and I just, God put you on my, and you're just like, you walk around feeling so loved. And we, I mean, we missed out on that. And like, you know, the Satan's good. He'll, he'll lie to us and be like, he'll better off just being home. It's cozy. And you believe the lie and then you lose out on all of this. And then it's just like, you know, it's just like I said, part of it is just knowing the truth and just we're recognizing those lies and being like, you know what? Like I said, it's going that first thing, being involved in that community. It changes everything. It does, for sure. So so was there a time in your life, because obviously being a believer and a follower of the faith, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't entitle you to not experience the, the bad or have adversity. It's not about being comfortable at all, for sure. So was there, was there a time in your life, um, which is significant, uh, where you felt you you didn't have the faith that you have at the moment and and um and and was this was this transition for you into the faith also uh, enabling you to help to help and heal others even more so than you were doing before perhaps um because i think like i think the idea of faith we use this word a lot but i'm not sure if people really understand the meaning of it and i think especially in times of adversity we're really tested by it um yeah. 
but that's the point where we're really tested. Otherwise, on a daily basis, I think it's easy to say I have faith when everything's going right, right? So true. I mean, and I just go back to, you know, it's kind of that pivotal moment in my life where I was like a lot of the world, I called myself a Christian and I was that person who was drunk at the parties, like, you don't believe in God? And they're all just drinking, you know? I mean, it was, and so my faith really got real when I got completely to a place where I was really broken and I was like, God, I'm empty inside. Why do I feel like this? And you know, it's like, I didn't even really have this faith. I don't even know what my faith was at that point. I just knew I was speaking to God and I was just like, I am just really broken at this point. And I ended up going on and I got another DUI and I was facing a lot of time in jail. And I was just like, that was my absolute moment of surrender. And I was just like, God, I don't know what I just done with this. I'm done try, try, trying to do things myself and never ends well. And I really need you to be real in my life. I need you to help me through this. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I feel like that's the absolute surrender. And I had faith that he would guide me to what was best for me. And I told him I didn't want to go to jail. I had been in there. I was just like, I don't want to. I just please, but I'm willing to go if you want me to minister to people there. And I feel like I still remember just that, a lot, that absolute moment of surrender and surrendering all to God. I literally turned from what I was, my lifestyle turned away and that true repentance of just turning from what I was doing and just facing God and running towards him as hard as I could, feeling, being willing to accept whatever he had for me. And um, I remember going to the courthouse that day with my lawyer and you know the judge asked what they would like for my sentencing and my lawyer presented my request which is not to go to jail and just to do what I've been doing which was helping out um, at a sober living house as their manager and just was working full-time and going to school and you know the judge just looked at me and said okay we're gonna do that and you know that whole faith journey throughout that whole time I mean I could have I could have lied at certain times just to try to make my outcome a little better. I could have just done things differently, but I had absolutely faith that God was going to be my father and put me and direct me where I needed to go. And he was the only one who realized I had a changed heart because everyone else probably thought I was just like, Oh, Greg, she probably does not. She's just the same person. And you know, in that moment I saw what does when you truly surrender and have faith in God. And like I said, he takes our mess ups and, when we surrender them into his hands and, and just ask for his forgiveness, he's like, okay, now we can, I can finally work. And he just waits for us to come to that point with whatever it is in life and surrender it all and ask for his help. Mm -hmm. And I had, that's when my faith, like I said, it became real. So now it's like, whenever I'm going, even like, it's, like you mentioned, those faith is like those, those valleys are, I think what builds our faith and what drives us. And that's literally what propelled me to just, what I do now, because I've been in the, those dark pits. I've seen brokenness. I mean, I've, I just can relate so in so many different levels when I look in someone's eyes and regardless if it's not an extreme and it's going to jail like as I was, but that just that brokenness and that need for God and just the defeatedness and not and feeling so alone and not knowing what life is about. And so I can relate to that so well. And that literally is what driven me because it changed my life. Just having someone reach in and kind of show me that there is a reason why you do the things you do. There's a reason why you believe the things you do and showing me what that looks like. And that, like I said, that, that whole moment just driven my, like, I can't even think of the word, just like made my faith that much bigger. And it's like what drives me every day to want to help others. And it's like on my darkest day, it's just like, I'm not where I used to be. And I can reach in and I just know that God can use me to help someone else's. And so 
that was kind of a long story, but I hope that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. And and you mentioned surrender. Like I think that's such a um it, it I, I feel like it's such a tug of war with this idea of surrender because me I'm also like, you know, quite the control freak. And for the first time in my life this last year has been a lot of surrendering and um a lot of questioning whether I'm kind of I'm saying these are all my dreams and am I really in alignment with that? You know, um, how, do, how do we know? I mean, definitely surrender. I can see, I, I feel like I always feel God's hand a lot more when I get to that broken place yeah. because yeah. if I'm not in that broken place, I feel like I am trying to control everything. Yes. Um, but how, how, do, how do we get more aligned with with what god has aligned for us how do we when we really want to hear god's voice when we want to when we when we have a big decision to make and we we get to the place where we're like you know god it, let your will be done but understand like what understanding what that means because i think it's 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 quite a heavy topic and it's a lot to say but very complex to understand yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is because we're so used to as people doing things, being our, like being, and you growing up a lot of the times we had to learn how to do things our own way and protect ourselves and kind of be God of our own life and make things happen because maybe we didn't have the perfect example of what that looked like of giving that to God. And so breaking free of that, like you said, that control and being able to just allow God to be that person in our lives, it can be hard because we're so, our natural state is to be like, I need to fix this or let me help you, God. I, I can do this. And you see, we see God working in one area and we're like, oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Let me go in and help you. And then he's just like, no, that's not what I was doing. And we get ahead of him and then we have to go back. And it's just like, it's like this dance back and forth and God, like just as children and, and our parent, God has to kind of teach us like, just be patient, be still and know that I am God. And I've had to learn a lot of times, like I might think I see what I have my prayers and my God, just, I, I, I hope, I don't know if this is from you, show me. And then he shows me a little and I jump ahead and think I know what he's doing. And then I go way up there and then I, I get it wrong. And then it's just, then I, then I, it's just the cycle. And so getting to that place, I feel like what, what God, what is your will? It starts that, as you said, with that surrender of like, Lord, even if you don't, you're still good. And this is what my heart is. And even if it's not this, you're still good. And I feel like when we can get to that place and accept that wherever he's taking us, that he's good. And if it doesn't align with what we are thinking in our hearts, we can trust that it's that much better. And it might not look like what we thought it would and might be completely different, but he's written our life and he's leading us. And he has those desires tucked in our heart for a reason. And he's given them to us for a reason. And so when we're aligned with him, when we're in his word, when we are praying and seeking him, those, it says, he says, our, our desires become his desire. I mean, he gives us the desires of our hearts. And it's not that it's just that we want a car and you get just a car, but when we're so aligned with who God is and his word, and we're seeking him every day, our desires literally become his desires. And so, so we can be sure that some of the things that we have this calling and this longing to do are from him. And we can trust that he's going to steward us the right direction and so it's just like as much as we want to keep getting ahead just getting back every day centering my god i don't know what you're doing it seems like that's a lot but keep me keep me looking at you every day every moment everything that happens let me look up to you and and just keep following you and not where i think you're going let me just keep following you and i feel like when we can get every day into that moment where our first thoughts are god and what he wants for us and not where we're going and where we want to go 
Yeah. It really brings that peace. It really brings that calming. And it's just like, okay. And then we get, we get, as kids, we get excited. Like, oh my gosh, is he doing what I think he may be doing? Okay. God, just give me that peace. Let me follow you and not get ahead because, you know, and, and I feel like that peace will come and then we'll able to see him work. And he's, he's a big God. He's a good God. And like I said, he's written our lives ahead of time with those gifts that just burn in our heart for him. And He's going to make do with them. He's not going to give them to him just to waste them, especially if we were asking for his will to be done in our life, which is the biggest prayer and the best prayer you can ask for him. He will do that. That is a prayer he loves to answer. And so and it really is just starting each day in alignment with him and we're studying his word. And that alone will just completely just, you know, bring that peace. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's quite a challenge to also to the waiting, the, the sort of process of waiting, right? Because I think it's also to some, to some degree, it's easy to also pray about things and take time out for prayer, but then, yeah. but then to sort of stop and wait and, and be ready to listen. Because I think sometimes a lot of the time we just kind of pray and then we get on about our day and, you know, like then we don't actually listen to the answer and we still kind of do whatever we want to do. Yeah, I mean, you're so true, like, so true, like, that whole listening, being still, and like I said, taking that time not to even say anything, just to be listening, and sit there in stillness, and like, even when you're driving, to look at his creation, let him just speak to you through things in your heart, and, but yeah, that stillness of, like, praying, because we're, yeah, we're used to shoving everything, God, like, yeah, this, 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 and this is going on, and this, and then we stop, and like you said, we run off, and God's like, I, did you not like a relationship is back and forth we never go hang out with a friend and just start babbling and running and like saying all the stuff and then you just get up and leave at the coffee table the friend would be like oh okay and so just with God and just talking with Jesus it's a relationship it's hearing what he has to say and it's just like letting his word speak to your heart and journaling and writing down like what this means to you and letting God speak through his word and like I said it's just all that in conjunction but yes and the waiting and it's almost like getting believing that in the waiting he's working and even when it seems like nothing's going on all around God's still working just because we don't see it or feel it or believe it like he never stops working and so it's just like knowing those waiting moments are preparing us and it's just him just and like I said looking at them not as just waiting but just as waiting for just Jesus because I feel like we can get so hung up on what we're waiting what we think we're waiting for when we honestly no one knows with God like I feel like I think I'm waiting for something and then and then I feel like, and then, then it just completely turns. And I'm like, okay, what's I don't ever, you just never know. I've gotten to the point with a couple of hard lessons this past couple of years. It's like, don't know what, don't know anything that you're doing. I don't have a clue. And I just want to just follow you because I end up getting ahead of him and I completely follow my face. And then I wonder like, why did you stop that? Why didn't you help me? Did you not see that? And it's just like, I got way ahead of him. I have to go back and be like, that was my fault. I didn't listen. I ran off and I'm sorry. And so, yeah, that waiting, like I said, that waiting, but I've gotten to the point where like, Lord, even if you don't, even if this is all I ever have, even if what I do today is all I ever, if you, all you ever give me, if it's you, you're enough and I'm okay with that. And so I've gotten to the point where I, I'm, as long as I have you and what you're doing in my life and my heart and I have this relationship, you are enough. And, and I will sit in that. And so it brings that peace. It brings not that weight feeling like I'm waiting for him because I'm, I'm, wa I'm waiting for more of him is what now I'm in that place because the other way will just lead to just despair and just, and like I said, falling on my face. I've fallen on my face a lot. I feel like in the Christian life, I feel like we just keep falling. I mean, we're just, we fall and we fall and we get up and we fall and we fall. And so I'm just used to that. And it's just like refreshing because you know, you're not alone. It's just like all of us as Christians, we're not perfect. We're just as broken as the next person. And we just, we're just in need of a savior every day. And so 
Yeah, no, so true, so true. Um, so is it like mental health is something I'm also fascinated about, something I talk to a lot of my guests about all the time. For you, what is, what is that thing? Is, is it taking time out for prayer every day? Is it, um, is it a, another form of, of me time for you that you also do consistently for your own you know, mental peace and health, something that you do consistently all the time? Yes. I mean, gosh, I believe that God gives us so many of the ways to fight that mental health and the depression, anxiety. And like it said, I count, I've counseled a ton of people who have come in on medications. And once they've kind of dealt with some of the things that are going on in life and changed things in their life, they've gotten off of them. And it's just like, that's just like, I feel like God's given us a lot of things that either work on or in our hearts or outside of it, of things to do. And I do, I wake up and I pray, I sit with God and Sometimes that's crying, sometimes like sobbing with the Lord, um, lamenting before him or, but I pray and then I, I, I read the word. I know whatever that looks like, I'll sit there and I read and I can feel the difference when I don't. I know, I know what kind of person I turn into if I'm just not just doing that every day. I just turn, I get irritable. I just, I'm, I start operating on flesh. And I also love to go in the mornings to the gym and I get on the elliptical and I get my little Kindle and I'll put like, you know, right now I'm reading a book on this, this, the spirit of disciplines and, or something about faith. And I'll put that on. And a lot of people make fun of me. They say, I'm not really doing that much of a workout because I just sit there on my little machine and work out, but it really opens <laughs> up my mind. And I feel like I'm like, I'm starting the day and I get to just be filled up and like the spirit reading a good book that really just motivates me. And it helps. It's the only time I have time to read. And so I get to read books. And so I love doing that. Those are my two things. If I, I love being active. So if I can't go to the gym or something, I like to be active throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's something a lot of people can relate to for sure. And I'd be depressed, definitely. If I didn't, if I couldn't be active, I would fall into depression. Oh no, I think I'm exactly the same. Definitely. Yeah. I can absolutely relate to that for sure. Um, what, in your opinion, what is one thing that, that we can do every day? Somebody who's, you know, lost because we are all on a different timeline. We don't all know we don't all necessarily have a big dream we want to chase. And there's a lot of people out there who just really don't know what their purpose is. And it's just, they're waiting to kind of figure it out. And because they're constantly comparing to other people, they're just wondering what's wrong with them, yes. you know? So in your opinion, what would be, you know, what do we do when we're in that position and we do want to step towards God's purpose for us? Is there something that we can be doing every day in order to get more aligned with that? You know, and that's, that's the thing. It, it probably sounds like a broken record, but it just goes back to just getting to that broken place before the Lord and being like, Lord, I, I'm trying to things. A lot of times people I talk to, they don't, they want the answer. They want to know what their purpose and calling is, but it's, it's hard work. It's, it's hard work. And to go and dig in and find out who you are and you don't, you don't know who you are until you know who you are in Jesus. And so you don't know that unless you spend time with Jesus. And it's just like, how do you get to notice someone you spend time with them and so you can go to church and bible studies and hear a lot about someone but unless you spend time with that person you don't really know them very well and so that comes from reading his word and i feel like when you know who you are in jesus you start to know the gifts that he's given you the things that make your heart come alive you start to know if you have a gift for teaching or speaking or and then you start coming alive because you're like i had no idea and that's why you meet so many people who are like i have no idea you could have never told me i'd be doing this like 10 years ago because they had no idea who they were and their identity comes from Jesus. And so many people put their identity in this and this and this. And what happens when that they break their leg and their identity was in 
the whole active thing. Well, then they feel like they they don't have an identity. They're helpless. They're lost. But if your identity is in Jesus and he wants to use your gift for sports or something for him, gosh, it's fueled by that. And then he can change it. And so I feel like if people just are looking for that answer, it's just like getting to that place where like, God, I don't know who I am. And having that heartfelt prayer is just like, I need your help to show me and wanting to do whatever it takes to find out who he is and who you are in him. And like I said, that road of comparison, knowing that God, there is some, someone's purpose might be to raise four amazing young boys. And those boys go on to be the next Billy Grahams. And their purpose is just to love those kids well. And those are the, her ministry. And that is what it looks like. But we all have different ones. They all look different. Some are meant to be on a stage. Some are meant to be working at a, as a librarian in the bookstore and feeding, you know, talking to people about Jesus there. And it all looks different, which makes it so exciting because we all got created as with a purpose for him. And so if anyone thinks they don't have a purpose, they're just, God just like, oh my goodness, you think I just created you for, you don't have no idea what I created you for. Like you are just created it with such precision and like I said, God wants to unfold that to each and one of each and every one of us, which just makes it so exciting. You don't know what is tucked inside your heart until you start seeking him and letting him un unwrap that. And then you start becoming falling in love with him because you are so just enamored by all these things he's showing you in your heart and who you are. And you become like in this loving relationship, like it's a real relationship. And like I said, it all just starts with Jesus. So I feel like if anyone's just struggling, it's just like, wow, I recognizing that he created each of us for a purpose and it's in there. You just got to find it. Yeah, no, so true. That's amazing. Well, it's been so amazing talking to you. Um, such an amazing chat and so inspirational. <laughs> you too, Annie. I seriously, I watch and I've listened to your episodes and you, you ask, you have such a great flow and you ask some of the best questions and so it's just like i along with so many of your audience like it is a blessing of just what you what you put on and the people you get on and listening and you do such a wonderful well way of just asking those questions that just i mean it's it was a blessing to be on like i said oh, no thank you so much and this is like such a special series have got like incredible women on this series so i i'm just really hoping that um a lot of people can resonate and take something away from this and of course i'm going to be tagging you people can reach out um and send you questions if they have. So I'm super, super glad that you're on. I just want to end by this one question I'm asking everyone on this series, which is ending by asking you one thing that you love about yourself, because I don't think we, we recognize that in ourselves enough. So what would that thing for you be? Gosh, I love that question because, you know, it's just, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, you know, God, I love that I have an ability I'm I'm a I'm ability I'm ability to bounce back and be a half glass kind of full girl like whatever it is it's like he's really gifted me with just that that you know just this bubbly um, way to just I see the glass half full whatever it is and some people have different gifts in different areas but I really love that he's gifted me in that because it's helped along my life when I didn't even know him or when I did know him be able to bounce back and see things half full and to be you know have that gift of faith because you know just that childlike faith it he's given that to me, which is very helpful. And so I love that. I love that I can be an out, out, a bubbly person, very outgoing, and I can live that out. And so I think that's one thing I love about myself. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for taking time out. Thank you, Annie. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. 
That was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Fierce next week where I'm talking to another amazing woman and I can't wait for you guys to hear the whole series, so do stay tuned. For everything Unplug related, do follow the IG and Facebook page at the rate Unplug with Annie. You can also go to the website www.unplugwithannie.com and subscribe to the newsletter so you're constantly updated with what's going on on the blog as well as the podcast. Until next week.